Farmers are the heartbeat of rural America. Congress recently invested $20 billion in America's farmers and ranchers, focusing on conservation practices and profits for future generations. Today, these funds are at risk. You're squawking over $20 billion. That USDA program, it's investment into the future for everybody. If the funding was eliminated, it could hurt farms and families. Tell Congress, protect this generational investment in the Farm Bill. Learn more at investinourland.org. Paid for by Invest in Our Land. Everyone wants to become a better leader. The new book, How to Lead, Wisdom from the World's Greatest CEOs, Founders, and Game Changers by David M. Rubenstein shows you how. Learn the principles and guiding philosophies of Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Warren Buffett, Oprah Winfrey, and many others through illuminating conversations about their remarkable lives and careers. Learn from their decades of experience as pioneers in their field. Learn How to Lead by David M. Rubenstein, wherever books are sold. TikTok. All right. Never mind. Seems pretty straightforward so far. We've got a little... Oh, no, it's a potato. Where are they going to go with this? Oh my god, what? <laughs> uh, this is the most disturbing thing I've ever seen in my life. Here we go. I'm Scott Bland. This is Nerdcast. And today, TikTok. Zachary Carabell does all sorts of things. Introduce yourself. Tell us... Uh, uh, who you are and and uh, what you do? That's that's a seemingly simple question that I don't have a seemingly simple answer to. Excellent, excellent. <laughs> I'm a savage. Yeah. I'm a writer. I'm a commentator. I'm an investor. I'm an historian. I used to work in financial services. I've written a bunch of books, including one coming out in the spring of next year on Americans and money. He's also a contributing editor for Politico magazine. And TikTok recently made headlines everywhere when President Donald Trump signed an executive order that would essentially ban the Chinese-owned app in the U.S. for national security reasons unless it sells its operations here to an American company. And, and, and of course, if that were to happen, we would have nowhere to go to see a million potatoes singing to Adele. And that would be a national tragedy. This week, a deal actually emerged between TikTok and an American company, Oracle. But some people, like Zachary, say Trump's TikTok policy effectively changes nothing. The argument goes like this. It will do little to protect Americans' data from the Chinese government because there are still plenty of other ways China could get that data. That this move is just a new kind of security theater, basically. The hard work of data security, according to this, actually lies elsewhere. So, Zachary, TikTok has been banned in India and a few other countries, but it's still pretty popular. For now, it's the most popular video sharing app. I can see why. It seems like fun. Yeah, no, and they're immensely creative. They're short. I mean, the whole nature of the medium is that they're, they're time limited. What happened with TikTok this week? What happened this week should be clear, but isn't. Basically, in August, the Trump administration ordered via an executive order, whose legality remains highly questionable, that the Chinese owner of TikTok, a company called ByteDance, divest itself of owning TikTok within 90 days or face the prospect that TikTok would be shut down in the United States. 
That's TikTok, right. I broke the deal. I said you can't do business in the United States. Which is at least potentially within the power of the U.S. federal government. Based on national security concerns. Based on national security. And the logistics are complicated, but you probably could order Apple and other people and servers that are hosting TikTok video that they couldn't do it and it would de facto make it impossible for TikTok to function. So that is what began a process where the owner of TikTok, again, a Chinese company, sought an alternative way to either sell the U.S. portion of TikTok or what ended up happening. Major deals rocking Wall Street this morning, pushing futures higher. We find an American technology partner. Oracle beat Microsoft to become the technology partner for TikTok's U.S. operations, although it will not receive its coveted algorithm. So that all TikTok's data would be kept in the United States on servers owned by an American company and not by a Chinese company. Because the whole point of this was that all these people using TikTok, these tens of millions or hundreds of millions, that data was potentially vulnerable to being used and therefore misused by the Chinese government. How so? So the fear was that because technology companies in China by Chinese law are required, if ordered by the Chinese government, to turn over data, relevant data, that the Chinese government could tell the parent company of TikTok, hand us all of your user data, which would be the user data of, again, tens of millions of Americans. And then China would have that data. So that was the concern, right? And and that's a legitimate fact. The Chinese government could order that. The problem is, of course, one via our court system, an American court can order or a prosecutor can subpoena data from our companies. It's not like what you and I do on Google or what we do on any technology provider is somehow unavailable to government if government decides that it's in its interest to get it. Not to mention the the various many non-government actors that vacuum this stuff up and and use it for their own purposes. (laughs) Well, that is even more important, I think probably more relevant to the China issue, which is, does it matter whether the data is, in this case, potentially housed by Oracle, massive US hardware and software company, versus being housed by servers in China in terms of the ability of the Chinese government to obtain that data if it wanted to obtain it? Because not just third parties that hoover up data and use it in the whole buying and selling in the data market, but just spying tools, you know, whether it's the NSA and the National Security Agency in the United States or various Israeli cybersecurity and or cyber spying companies or the Chinese government, most of this data isn't that secure. You know, it's not like triple encrypted, quantum encrypted Defense Department level communications. So it's likely true that if the Chinese government really wanted my teen's TikTok data, it doesn't really matter whether that data is housed on servers in China owned by a Chinese company or whether it was housed on American servers owned by an American company. So I guess then, how how did we get to this point? How did, you know, given what you just said, why has this become such a big issue? How did it start? Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. I'm not sure there's a precise answer. It's part of a whole continuum of the Trump administration, in particular, identifying China as a proximate threat to the United States in a whole series of ways, competitively, 
in terms of trade practices, hence the hundreds of billions of dollars of Chinese imported goods that have been subject to American tariffs. It's part of an, a, a multi-year campaign against this massive Chinese telecom equipment company called Huawei, which has been a leader in next generation 5G telecom equipment in a way that, again, some of the same concerns have existed, which is that the Chinese government would, would use the production of that equipment as a way to spy on whomever purchased that equipment. And look, a few years ago, there was a, a forced sale of the gay dating app Grinder, which was also owned by a Chinese company. And so there was an earlier precedent of forcing a Chinese company to sell an American app, social app, because of data concerns. And finally, there's the fact that for years, long predating the Trump administration, China has not allowed American social media companies like Facebook to function in China. So there's the tit for tat, you know, you don't let our social media function companies function there, why should we let yours function here? There's the several year campaign against China, which the Trump administration has pursued, but I think has a good deal of democratic support. I mean, if it's as close to a bipartisan sentiment that China is a threat as anything we have right now. Why TikTok suddenly became a thing, uh, it may partly have to do with the fact that it suddenly became a very big deal in the United States. I mean, this was not a company that had any footprint several years ago and suddenly is the app du jour. So it may just have had to do with something that got really big and is very noticeable. It's also not that economically important. So while a lot of people would be royally pissed off if TikTok were banned, it's not like TikTok is an integral component to the U.S. economy, you know, either during COVID or without COVID. So it's an easier target. We'll be right back. Everyone wants to become a better leader. This groundbreaking new book, How to Lead, shows you how. David M. Rubenstein is one of the visionary founders of the Carlyle Group and host of The David Rubenstein Show, where he speaks to leaders from every walk of life about who they are, how they define success, and what it means to lead. Jeff Bezos, Richard Branson, Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Phil Knight, Oprah— all of them and more are featured in How to Lead. This essential leadership playbook illustrates the principles and guiding philosophies of the world's greatest game changers. Discover the expert secrets to being effective, innovative leaders. Walter Isaacson proclaims, reading this invaluable trove of advice from the greatest leaders of our time is like sitting in an armchair and listening to the masters reveal their secrets. Pick up a copy of How to Lead, Wisdom from the World's Greatest CEOs, Founders, and Game Changers by David Rubenstein. Available in hardcover, ebook, or audio. And we're back. I get the kind of like general like personal security aspect of it. Where does the national security aspect of it come in? Is it, is it because there's concern about people who work for the Defense Department or the military or whoever having TikTok in, in use in their households or... Actually, people in the Defense Department are not allowed to use TikTok, certainly not on their government phones already, <laughs> you know, before yeah. all this. Although, I mean, they may, they may have teenagers who... Uh, they Right, that's a vulnerability as well. So it wasn't primarily about like U.S. government employees who might have sensitive data mm -hmm. and that TikTok would be the backdoor way that the Chinese government would spy on them. But it was this generalized sense of any foreign government that is using private American citizen data potentially for nefarious purposes represents a national security threat. Now, it clearly has not represented the kind of national security threat 
in the estimation of the White House right now when it's Russian manipulation of social media accounts. The same principle should or would apply, right? If you're going to ban TikTok, you probably want to take action against a, a variety of Russian media enterprises that are, are attempting to manipulate and hoover up American user data. Some of that data, as you mentioned earlier, in terms of third party, is available to anybody for a price just because there's a marketplace for data, which I think either most of us aren't aware of or, frankly, most of us probably don't care. You know, if, if Politico's data on this podcast gets sold to 14 vendors so that it can sell you and me products based on our other computer activity, most people either like that or don't care about that. But the national security concern is simply because it's a foreign government that could potentially use our search history or browsing history nefariously. Hmm. And again, A, that might be true, but B, it's likely that all this kind of data is obtainable irrespective of whether or not a company called TikTok happens to have access to a lot of it. That's really interesting. So into this whole story comes Oracle, you know, a huge hardware software firm. But how did they get involved here? Yeah, so Oracle is, is a multi-billion dollar firm that hasn't had the same public profile as Microsoft or Amazon or Facebook or Apple because most of its business is to other large companies. You know, you and I don't tend to go out and buy an Oracle piece of hardware because we don't need a $150,000 server or a network system for our employees. They're largely a corporate provider. They're also a huge provider to the Defense Department in terms of sheer equipment and material. And they're a huge software company. They're one of the early Silicon Valley success stories. And the billionaire founder, Larry Ellison, has been you know, probably more conservative than not. I don't know that I buy into the whole, this was a reward versus a snub to the other potential main acquirer or partner for TikTok, which was rumored to be Microsoft. But this is an unusual, this doesn't usually fit Oracle's business model. Well, that's, that's interesting. So what is their interest in getting involved here perceived to be? I'm not 100% clear about that. I mean, look, it could allow them to have a little bit more of a consumer-facing brand. Again, I mean, Oracle is primarily a software company, primarily a database company. Maybe this could help them increase their databases. I mean, it, it, there's no way that this is a natural fit for Oracle. But at the same time, nor is this a huge cost for Oracle. Maybe it'll produce some American jobs. I mean... They're looking for growth, just like everybody's looking for growth. And once you get to be the size of Oracle, growth gets harder. So maybe they're also looking for a, a different industry to be present in. Sure. So what exactly did they give and what, what did they get here? That, as of this conversation, is not 100% clear. Ah. So it was presented as Oracle buys TikTok. That is not the case, or at least it's not the case as of now. And it's possible the deal will be scuttled or changed, given that all of this has to be approved by the government, has to be approved by a committee called CFIUS, which is the committee in charge of looking at net global deals in terms of U.S. national security. But it would seem that right now the parent company of TikTok will still own TikTok and get some of the economic benefits of TikTok, this Chinese company called ByteDance, and that Oracle in turn will get a massive licensing deal to house TikTok's data and information on its own servers and using its own software. So the concern that the Chinese government would have access to that data 
would be allayed, meaning under this agreement or arrangement, because the data would be managed by and its housing would be arranged by a U.S. company, the Chinese government you know, could order ByteDance to turn it over, but ByteDance itself wouldn't actually have access to that data. Huh. It's interesting. I mean, based on what you said before, it's that they're, they're, they're moving this data from place A. It's now going to be in a different place. And I guess the Chinese government will no longer have a key to the door. Right. But as you said before, there's many different ways that either the Chinese government or a lot of other <laughs> state or private actors can get a hold on more or less any data they want to these days. Right. Which kind of raises the question of what the point of all this is. You know, it's certainly true that it would make it a little more challenging to get that data under that kind of arrangement. You know, it seems like this is a a big fight over a big company that's not actually really about (laughs) the literal subject of the conflict here. Yeah, no, I think it, it is totally fair to say that whatever the imbroglio about TikTok has very little to do with TikTok and everything to do with U.S. policy toward China and the Trump administration looking for some high-profile optic to be able to say we're, we're being tough on China and protecting American citizens. You know, Again, the oddity of TikTok is, given that so many of its users are young adults who don't vote, although who would be, I think, extremely agitated if they woke up tomorrow and there was no TikTok, meaning it's probably not the most popular move if what you're trying to do is gain support during a presidential election. So, it's not entirely clear what constituency this served. You know, there wasn't like a huge congressional clamor for, oh my God, we're all being imperiled by these 15 second videos. <laughs> so where do you think things go from here in terms of uh, in, in terms of the real story behind all this, in terms of the U.S.-China relationship and the increasing antagonism of that? So I think to some degree, regardless of who wins the presidential election, there is a train that's left the proverbial station of increasing distrust and animosity between the United States and China, but within the context of an incredible amount of economic interdependence that you cannot just snap your fingers and sever, or at least not without massive, massive harm to each part of that equation, both the United States and China. And that's that's pretty unprecedented, right? Right. That's where like the Cold War analogy doesn't really work because there was no economic relationship between the United States and the Soviet Union in the 1950s. I've tried to use the analogy of this is much more like a bad marriage that neither part can leave. Like It's like being left with an apartment in an American city during COVID, and if you decided to split up, you can't actually sell your apartment, so you're stuck with each other. So it's a little bit like the U.S.-China relationship now. You know, Both would like to be more independent, but it's not clear that either can. And also both halves of this relationship have nuclear weapons in this. <laughs> right. Well, that's, that's this, part of it, too. this metaphor. Although China spent a lot more money on cyber espionage of late. You know, recognizing that it's unlikely to use nuclear weapons, but it might well use cyber. I don't know how to translate that into the couple who split up uh, metaphor. Yeah, well, you know, I guess it's like really good spyware in each other's iPhones. <laughs> so I think you're going to get a lot more of these seemingly incidental, like it matters economically almost not at all what happens to TikTok, given $800 billion annual services and goods and trade relationship between the U.S. and China. But it got a lot of attention. You know, its headlines, we're talking about it now. Everybody knows it. It was it was very noticeable, symbolic and noticeable. And I think you're, this probably is not going to be the last time. Zachary, thank you so much for, for taking the time. Sure. My pleasure. Okay. 
Down south, hood baby. At first, so I thought it was just this man dancing, but he's reflected in several mirrors and he's doing different things in all of them. He's freaky. How did they do that? It's very impressive. All right, that's our show. Our producer this week is Adrian Hurst. Our senior producer is Jenny Ament. And our executive producer is Irene Noguchi. Our illustrator is Bill Cookman. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, do us a favor and leave a review. It helps new listeners find the show. And you can check out some of our other podcasts, Politico Dispatch, Politico Energy, and Pulse Check, to name a few. We'll talk to you again next week. Thank you so much for listening. Shuffle, 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 shuffle. Flex one hand, show the muscle, show the muscle.